This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to episode 24 of Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. This is Cherry Agarwal and today we have a complete in-house panel. Joining me today is our campus politic editor, Sumedha. Hi, Sumedha. Hi. Sumedha is the latest victim of TV news. And in today's podcast, she will tell us, tell rather tell us all why. We also have Rohin. Hello, Rohin. Hello. And of course, Amit. Hi, Amit. Hello. Amit was on ground on Sunday covering AAP's uh, PM office Gherao protest. So he'll be talking about that, among other things. Also joining us today from Kashmir, from right in the middle of all the action is our Kashmir correspondent Nidhi. Hi Nidhi. Hello. Nidhi was at the press conference organized by Mehbooba Mufti in the aftermath of uh, BJP's withdrawal of support Mm. to the PDP. And she was also returning from the press enclave when the brutal killing of uh, uh, rising Kashmir editor-in-chief Shujat Bukhari happened. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, hi, Nidhi. Hi. So, and Where guys... Where do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, but before you begin, like, I want to tell everyone this is Nidhi's last podcast. Yeah, so, right when the action begins. We will definitely be missing your coverage from there. Nidhi is heading out to Netherlands for higher studies. So Nidhi, beginning with you, here is my most exclusive question, only for you. Will you be, will you be reporting for us from Netherlands? No, I wish, but I have no idea what's in store for me there. So I cannot make any promises. But I would love to, why not? So, um... Beginning with you, can you give us a lowdown of what happened at the press conference and uh, what's is there is there a reason given why by Mehbupa Mufti at the press conference why she tendered her resignation, and since you were there, like what was Kashmiri media's reaction to Shujat's killing? I mean, uh, it was a very chaotic press conference. Hardly lasted five minutes. Most of the journalists didn't even hear what she spoke until we got our uh, updates on our phone. Basically, she, I mean, it was very ambiguous. Uh, I guess it was an acceptance of defeat is what all the journalists were saying that, you know, she has no choice but to say that she's sorry. Um, she basically spoke that the uh, unilateral ceasefire had ended on a sad note. There was no positive response on the ceasefire, which was one of her main attempts this year. Uh, she'd worked very hard to get the ceasefire in place. It didn't function the way I guess she intended it to. She also claimed what, you know, journalists have been telling PDP for so long that the muscular policy will not work here and people have to understand that. She started echoing the same thing. Um, she also mentioned that the Katwa case um, and cow vigilantism and all of that has also caused this. She was very vague in general. But did she um, say anything about... She, she... she said she's not shocked uh, about what happened. And she also mentioned that they were not in power. And the same thing that any party would say in this situation. She said, we weren't in it for power politics. We were not in it for power. We were trying our best to initiate dialogues. And she also said that in future, we have to initiate better dialogues. So no, that's she, what she said. But did she Omar say... Abdullah, on the other hand, had some very sharp comments to make um, for the now former chief minister. She said, he said that, uh, you know, he had actually advised her to pull out from the alliance, but she didn't. And he said now she lost dignity. And essentially that's what he tweeted. Um, he Did also, also comment on the nature of... He sort of suggested fresh elections. And yeah, 
that's that's it's been a grim day. It's been a happening day. And so, did she also comment on the on BJP support or the nature of alliance? How that has changed? I mean, from day one, it has been a tough marriage, as the journalists here would call it, right? I mean. Uh, and especially in the last few months there uh, has been mounting disagreements between the two parties uh, especially post katua then the ceasefire and then shahid bukhari's killing i guess i mean now i, sp- I spoke to one of the spokespersons at uh, one of the senior members at pdp and they basically said that you know it, it's not shocking either it has been difficult they were pulling through it uh, for the people and uh, yeah that's pretty much what they said so nothing is very clear yet we'll have to wait for the next few days to see uh, how the governor's role is going to play out and all of that oh uh, and you were there on the evening like you were like 15 minutes away on the evening that uh, bukhari was shot dead so hmm. what like could you tell us what happened there what was the reaction of the journalists around you've also spoken to a couple of journalists for your story i think it's been one of the most tragic events of this year um it happened in broad daylight uh it was two days before eid one of the most looked forward to festivals in the year in kashmir um it's it's also a very busy street you know it's a few meters away from the historic lal chowk it's a shopping area people were out on the streets i was actually there i'd gone to a bakery to look for some sweets but it was all empty because it was eid and i was going to another bakery so and then i got home and then i received calls from officers saying that he'd been shot and it was almost unbelievable because i was just in that area i went back there and uh, it was very fresh with the glass pieces were on the ground you could see the bullet marks on the walls everybody was in shock i mean and even if you look at the cctv footage images that they have put out these boys are just seen driving down and doing what they had to um journalists of course are very uh, there's a lot of fear now there people talking about you know who might be next because it seems like um, a new trend that beginning or at least that's what Uh, they've been talking about here so everyone is scared everyone is wondering who's going to be next they're also angry that uh, some of shujaat bukhari's close friends i spoke to were angry that you know security given to him was not enough mm-hmm. apparently he'd been talking that he has been receiving threats he even went to the police is what one of his friends said but uh, and now they're playing politics over his death is what one of their friends said because ramad today in the press conference also mentioned that shujaat bukhari's killing might have been the last straw for them but they're saying that this isn't true um this can't be it because they can't play politics over his death this happened and uh, but the tough situation between bjp and pdp has always been the case it's not it cannot be that shujaat bukhari's death has been has made this decision mm-hmm. you know Yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, it's been a very uh, sad week. There's no other word to say, but it's been a very sad week. I just want to point out the coverage that Kashmiri media gave to his killing, which was and the courage that Rising Kashmir showed in bringing out the edition. Edition and. Yeah. Uh, today all the valley papers or rather the leading valley papers the prominent papers have carried a uniform blank editorial with black margins on the edit pages it just mm-hmm. sort of signifies how much he stood for and i went to the press conference the solidarity meeting that was held in delhi at the press club of india and even there so many people they've worked with him and everybody like one of the things that stood out to me was how everybody called him 
the voice of sanity in Kashmir. He's been fighting for peace or he's been working towards rather creation of a dialogue. And then if a journalist is shot dead, like, so what does it say about the security of so many others? I think the other reason why it's been such a big shock to everyone is because journalism here is held in very high value. Mm-hmm. And people count on journalism a lot here. And uh, I was talking to a journalist who very rightly put it that, you know, we're not just reporters covering the event. And this is not just a shock as a journalist. We're also reporters who are living this conflict, who have been in it for day in and day out. And an attack on us um, means a lot more than just an attack on the press. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people counting on us to get news to them. The people, uh, and, and, and reporters are also valued a lot here because they do, it, it, it's a lot of, it's not an easy job. There's a so, lot of risk involved. There's a lot of threat involved. So when a journalist gets killed, it's, it's, it's not just the media fraternity that was shocked, you know. from His funeral was attended by so many people from across the state. And that just showed uh, the importance his death had. I mean, people have called it as a watershed moment in Kashmir politics itself. But we're yet to understand how that's going to play out. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why this death is much more significant. At a personal uh, level, as a reporter from Kashmir, like what was your reaction, or what does like how do you do you find that fear in like? I don't know how to put it. Do you find this more fear now after the killing? Since you're still there, since you're still reporting from there, how does that make you feel? Um, I, I'm a very small reporter here. I mean, someone like Shriyad Bukhari is very senior. a lot of attention on him. So in that level, I'm not very scared or, you know, fearful because at this point, to be very honest, I don't matter. My reports don't matter. It, it doesn't scare anyone. It doesn't threaten anyone, right? But uh, but on the other hand, like today, I wanted I was going to Pulwama to cover another incident, and three four taxi drivers cancelled on me. Uh, local journalists were unwilling to come with me onto the field because they don't want to be seen with an Indian journalist. So I was almost going to cancel my journey there because there's a lot of fear among them. They don't they and you know my other journalist friends have also been warned not to be seen with a non-local on the field because, you know, you never know now who's watching, who's going to do what. So in that sense, it's been a bit of a, it's just been difficult in the sense that, you know, now I'm like a liability for anyone who goes, any local who goes with me. And I'm I'm not very confident on going on my own right now, or especially if I have to go to South Kashmir. Why is so that? That's the thing. That, that's the only difference it's made to me, other than, you know, generally being shocked in terms of what has happened. I have to admit, I didn't know Shijal Pukari personally. I've spoken to him a couple of times, but I didn't know him on a very personal level. So, Nidhi, we'll come back to you about the viral WhatsApp video that's doing the rounds in Jammu and Kashmir. But before that, I want to go to Sumedha, who unfortunately watched TV news recently. So, Sumedha, uh, what caught your eye? I've been a victim of TV news all these years, but well, there is no end to it. So yeah. So I, on a Friday evening, thought that today is a good day to watch TV news. I was, of course, wrong. Uh, The plot to kill Prime Minister, I thought, would be over by then. It had been a week since the controversy had broken first. 
and uh, News 18 had conducted another debate last like last Friday again on the same issue so i thought that they must have been tired of it and what caught my eye was uh, the fact that there were these promos which had started from 8 o'clock in the evening talking about this big expose with telling you who the masterminds are planning to kill our prime minister and uh, these people are using uh, the dalit conflict ahead of 2019 polls to sort of deviate attention from the sinister plot um that is being hatched and so i thought that i should definitely look for what the expose has to bring to me um unfortunately even after an hour i couldn't find what the expose was trying to establish um it was viewpoint it was prime time debate arundai mukherjee was uh the host and it had six panelists very capable people according to him to discuss this issue and apparently there was no proof to any of the claims there wasn't so he um used he rehashed the information i think that they had for last week's prime time and they wanted to establish that rona wilson uh, was allegedly the mastermind because his ngo is now being threatened because narendra modi government cracked down on ngos from 2014 onwards and they have delegitimized all the defaulters and there are only 10% of the ngos currently which are recognized and uh, so he's trying to take revenge on the prime minister or he's trying to um basically do this because uh, that is the logical conclusion that news 18 thought was was correct but it's obviously a conspiracy theory that they passed off as an expose uh even the panelists ended up saying that it was uh, these these assumptions were irrational and reductionist uh so it was it was pretty much a hollow expose and a lot of noise for nothing okay uh rohan coming next to you uh what do you think the media overplayed or what do you think the media swept under the rug this week mm, overplayed mein mere paas is baar kuch nahi hai uh underplayed mein hai uh ek doctor thi smriti डॉक्टर स्मृति लहरपुरे इंडेक्स मेडिकल कॉलेज इंदौर से मध्य प्रदेश में इन्होंने इनका सुसाइड नोट आया है और इन्होंने सुसाइड कर लिया है ये सैटरडे सैटरडे बोल रहा हूँ संडे और सुबह इनकी बॉडी मिली है सुसाइड नोट अभी हालांकि इसकी जांच हो रही है कि इसमें कितनी सच्चाई है लेकिन जो सवाल उन्होंने उठाए हैं और जो मेडिकल कॉलेज के बारे में उन्होंने लिखा है वो बहुत हैरान करने वाला है उन्होंने लिखा है कि ये मैं जो पढ़ रहा हूँ ये जंजवार ने उनका सुसाइड नोट छापा है उन्होंने लिखा है कि दो में उन्होंने नीट परीक्षा के बाद कॉलेज ज्वाइन किया और काउंसलिंग के वक्त जो उनको फ़ीस बताई गई थी वो थी आठ और उसके बाद जो उनसे फीस वसूली गई थी वो करीब नौ लाख नब्बे हजार के आसपास थी मतलब इसी इसके साथ कई और बार जो कभी वो लेट हो जाती थी कभी वो लीव लेती थी तो उनसे फीस ज्यादा वसूला जाता था एक लीव पे करीब पांच हजार रुपये उनसे वसूले जाते थे उनकी so, छुट्टी पे रीजन जब ये फीस बढ़ाई गई थी इनके कॉलेज की तो ये कुछ स्टूडेंट्स के साथ जबलपुर कोर्ट गई थी जबलपुर हाई कोर्ट गई थी और उसके बाद से कॉलेज प्रबंधन ने इनको पर्सनल लेवल पे हैरस करना शुरू कर दिया था चूँकि ये बता रही हैं कि मैं मिडिल क्लास फैमिली से थी और इतनी फीस मैं नहीं कर सकती थी इसीलिए इन्होंने अपने माँ बाप के नाम पे ये पत्र लिखा है कि मैं आपको ज़्यादा परेशानी में नहीं डालना चाहती थी इसलिए मैं सुसाइड कर रही हूँ और ये मेन मीडिया में कहीं भी नहीं है 
क्योंकि जैसे हम लोग पी साइनाथ के लेक्चर में भी थे तो हम लोग हर बार ये बात करते रहते क्रॉस मीडिया ओनरशिप की बात तो जो हॉस्पिटल प्राइवेट हॉस्पिटल का जो स्टेक होगा वो मीडिया में भी ऑफकोर्स हो सकता है स्टेक तो मे बी इन्हीं कारणों से नहीं लिया गया होगा सो अमित कमिंग टू यू यू वर ऑन ग्राउंड ऑन संडे यू रेड अ कपल ऑफ रियली नाइस फेसबुक लाइव सो नाउ केजरीवाल हैज़ डन अवे विथ हिज धरना वॉट हैपन ऑन संडे एंड वाई हैज़ केजरीवाल रिवोकड हिज धरना नॉट ओनली ऑन संडे आई थिंक द इंटायर ड्रामा स्टार्टेड विथ आई थिंक वी कवर दिस इन लास्ट वीक्स पॉडकास्ट पॉडकास्ट एज वेल वेन वी वॉर स्पीकिंग अबाउट दी स्पेशल टेली असम्बली सेशन विच वॉज कॉल्ड फॉर दी स्टेट हुड इशू टू डिस्कस दिस स्टेट हुड इशू एंड टू पास द रिजोल्यूशन सो आफ्टर दैट अरविंद केजरीवाल सेट ऑन धरना इन साइड द एल जी हाउस एंड आप टू काउट अ बिग रैली अगेंस्ट द एल जी अनिल बैजल ऑन थर्सडे आई बिलीव फ्राम चीफ मिनिस्टर्स हाउस टू एल जी हाउस एंड द फैमिली मेम्बर्स ऑफ द चीफ मिनिस्टर डिप्टी चीफ मिनिस्टर मनीष सिसोदिया ऑल दीज पीपल वर नॉट अलाउड टू मीट दैम इन साइड द एल जी हाउस एंड कॉन्स्टेंटली द डिमांड ऑफ आम आदमी पार्टी लीडर्स और द चीफ मिनिस्टर एंड हिज कैबिनेट वॉज दैट द एल जी शुड टेक एक्शन अगेंस्ट दी officers who are not attending the meeting ask the officers to uh, end their strike and implement the uh, doorstep delivery of ration so these were the three demands today is the ninth day uh, meanwhile uh, satendra jain and manish sisodia were hospitalized they came out uh, manish sisodia wrote a letter to the is officers in lg saying that you know we are ready to uh, speak and we are ready to hold a meeting uh but lg should convene it uh, also the sunday's march was uh, a defining moment for aam aadmi party's politics in delhi why i am saying that because you know there have been lot of questions about resurgence of congress party in delhi and uh, uh, that aap has lost that uh, public appeal or that mm-hmm. attraction that it got mm-hmm. in 2013 and then in 2015 but the amount of people who were on streets uh you speak to any journalist who was covering that event he would say the number of uh, protesters w- was nothing less than 5 to 7000 hmm. this is one argument the second is uh, uh, the energy of these protesters were nothing less than 15 to 20000 like they were highly charged up they knew what was the agenda why they were there and their slogans were clearly informed crowd yes. is quite an exception and then their slogans were directly against the prime minister uh, prime minister narendra modi and anil bajpayee they were very angry uh, with these two uh, one the the prime minister and the other lg so was it just this bunch of people who were leading it or who were right who, sort of who were taking it forward who were very informed and energetic or are we talking about the entire mass i am saying the uh, majority of the people who participated in the protest mass to prime minister's house they were completely aware of the issue they mm-hmm. were charged up and they were angry against uh, pm and lg mm-hmm. and uh, their single point agenda was that these two people are not allowing the elected chief minister to function to discharge his duties and uh, this must stop mm-hmm. and remember this happened uh, on the following day when uh, uh, four chief ministers mamta banerjee chandrababu naidu pinarayi vijayan and uh, uh, hd kumaraswamy i uh, wanted to meet arvind kejriwal at lg's house but they were not allowed to meet him inside the house mm-hmm. so the, the people were also pointing out the arrogance of anil bajpayee mm-hmm. he has he is a former bureaucrat uh, now he has been given absolute power uh, by the mm-hmm. center as well as the uh, delhi high court's uh, mm-hmm. decision 
which came out in 2016 so he's functioning in his own manner and style amit hmm. uh, i have two questions one is a lot of people are saying this is also exemplary of kejriwal's obstructionist politics quote hmm. unquote so one what is your thought on that and second thing the bureaucrats came out they did two press conferences and they simply said that we are not on a strike hmm. whereas the app government is saying they are on a strike right. so as a media consumer who doesn't have access to the government or to the bureaucrats whom do i believe and what should i base this on uh see that that confusion will stay forever uh, if you're covering if you if you're reading any news report where uh, two parties are involved two political parties are involved you will always have that confusion whom to trust and whom not to so that is also a case here but uh, when the is officers or the association is saying that there is no strike in delhi they are partially correct and when uh, amadmi party is saying that uh, is officers are on partial strike they are correct in their stand mm-hmm. what is happening is all these officers are working Uh, they are coming to the secretariat but they are not attending the meetings called by the cabinet mm-hmm. they are saying that no law uh, bounds us to attend the routine meetings so we are not taking part in the routine meetings and what's the loss that the people or the regular citizens See, have when people are not attending meetings never runs in like uh, i mean if in this office itself if we stop meeting uh, the managing editor the executive editor and uh, there's no personal interaction and we are only working through uh, written emails and then we also block n number of works saying that you know this work doesn't uh, come under your purview you don't have any rights the mm. lg is the person who will take decision or call on this so the government's responsibilities policy formulation and the executive's responsibilities ensuring that policies mm. uh, implemented on the ground ministers call meeting to check what's happening what's the progress uh, what are the problems that the uh, policies or the programs of uh, that are being faced while implementing implementing it so if officers stop attending these meetings it will mm-hmm. be almost impossible to govern the state and that's what is happening in delhi for the and past 4 months yeah what about the first question that this is sort of exemplifying that it is kejriwal's obstructionist politics at obstruction play obstruction to what he was so their argument is that we we were being uh, we were being obstructed we were trying to do our work and then lg and the officers are not allowing us to work this Correct. is the argument number 1 argument number 2 is i would say it's not obstructionist politics rather it's confrontation from kejriwal and he wants he wanted to make a point and he was successful in doing that the voters no. who had come out in on the streets mm-hmm. i can say it and uh, you know any journalist covering the uh, state beats would say that it's very difficult for any political party beat congress amadmi party or uh, bjp to get uh, somewhat 3 to 5000 people on the street in a protest march you can get all these people uh, in talkatora stadium or in a big stadium uh, you know when you have big leaders coming but people don't like to come out on streets in protest march but they were successful no. in doing it for two the days the sheer numbers huh. say a lot about the campaign strategy that he has it's hmm. he might not be doing obstructionist politics but that has been his approach from the very beginning that is how aap came into being in the first place so as a reporter what do you make of the strategy because you're saying that everybody was very aware and it was a very pointed approach towards 
his target audience so what does it say about that and what does it also say about the constitution of that crowd were they just aap workers were they normal citizens who were these 5000 7000 people and adding to that before you answer that what i'm getting at is if you were saying that the bureaucrats are not work are on, on a strike if they are not attending meetings if you are in the lg office for a week if you're sitting there that means even the governance work that the chief minister is supposed to do has been halted for a week so do you find any merit in that argument absolutely i mean if, see uh, at the end of the day cm uh, and the deputy cm and his cabinet needs to work so there's no denying in saying that when if they are on, they are sitting on a dharna they are not doing their job mm-hmm. so they are also on, on a strike so that's a fact but uh the larger question is why they sat on a strike what was the reason they were forced to sit on strike i mean no electricity so that is something these want. people posing these questions are not saying out loud it depends you know even when i am doing uh, lives or when i am speaking to people i would end up asking the aap supporters that why you doing why you supporting this dharna politics because you were uh, like the aam aadmi party was elected to power not for dharna politics but to govern the state mm-hmm. so the mandate is to govern not to go you know uh, to to create tussles and fights with the prime minister or the lg and then also creating a new opposition in form of is so officers so you think sometimes it's the need of the r2 it is it is i guess it was at least this time and i don't i don't know what they have achieved now see 9 days uh, chief minister was sitting inside lg house lg did not meet him and then he is out he has ended his uh, dharna inside the lg house and uh, suddenly manish sisodia said that the officers are attending the meetings but till when there's no written order from lg and it will be very interesting to see how the news media plays it or the newspaper plays it will it be a victory for aap will it be a victory for lg or will it be a victory for the center rohan jo yeah. hindi media ka coverage hai usme to yahi bataya ja raha hai ki aandhe muh gire kejriwal मतलब दैनिक जागरण हो अमर उजाला हो हिंदुस्तान हो उसमें मतलब इस तरह से नैरेटिव बनाने की कोशिश है इस तरह से नैरेटिव बनाने की कोशिश है कि केजरीवाल जो कर रहे हैं वो गलत कर रहे हैं और उनको धरना पॉलिटिक्स से आगे बढ़ के उनको गवर्नेंस पे ध्यान देना चाहिए दैट्स ट्रू बट देन इन इन इलेक्टोरल टर्म्स आई थिंक धरना पॉलिटिक्स सूट्स केजरीवाल एंड आई थिंक दैट इज वॉट ही इज ट्राइंग टू अचीव फॉर हैप्स द मीडिया कवरेज इज ऑलवेज not really been favorable to him if we notice in the past mm. few years and uh, i think he's used that to his benefit at certain levels aur uske sath ye bhi hai ki kejriwal ne bhi media ko attack karna ab kam kar diya one more important thing what happens is now 2019 elections are coming congress is gearing up for the polls and uh. it knows that it has fair chances of returning to you know at least improving mm. it n- its numbers But congress what i couldn't understand was congress is depending on the regional parties to come to power hmm. but it's not supporting aap in its tussle see uh, in very raw language the answer would be dukan band kar de kya delhi congress apni if they support aam aadmi party they'll have to shut shop here yeah. which and they already have how many mlas in delhi zero they have zero mp zero mlas so it's a very critical situation for them mm-hmm. if they support aap लेकिन हमको लगता है कि ये उस उनके लिए बैकफायर भी इसलिए करेगा क्योंकि जो दिल्ली स्टेटहुड का डिमांड है वो एक ऐसा टैक्टिकल लाइन ले सकते थे कि स्टेटहुड की डिमांड पे हम साथ हैं बाकी केजरीवाल को काम करना चाहिए कुछ ऐसा कर सकते थे 
you know uh, thought process or question uh, amidst the minority community that which is which party is fighting against the BJP mm-hmm. you see what happened in bipoles in Uttar Pradesh mm-hmm. and what happened in Karnataka uh, uh, so everywhere the minority community is coming together to vote for the party which is fighting against the BJP in this fight in Delhi what happened was it it was but evident that say. Congress is with BJP on this uh, so issue so the media optics for the Congress on this issue did not look very appealing I would again say it was very critical uh, moment for the Congress party okay. in Delhi so before I come to the panel for their media critique on the coverage over the week. Uh, Nidhi, I want to come back to you about Mm. the viral video. Just to give some context to our listeners, a video went viral on WhatsApp in Jammu and Kashmir, which purposely shows a CRPF personnel or uh, Central Reserve Police Force personnel forcing four protesters to sit in front of a police vehicle to make sure that there was no stone pelting or stones weren't pelted at them. So Nidhi, can you tell us a little more about that? Well, that's literally what most of us know so far. I wanted to, do, uh, I intended to talk about this as something that didn't get enough media coverage. So yesterday, actually, it was a Facebook live that was done from a Facebook page called Sambora Saffron Town. Mm-hmm. Sambora is a village in Pulwama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I witnessed shot the video. I mean, he did a Facebook live of it. Um, basically, I think there were protests. I believe this is what some of the local story. There were protests going on against the security forces in Pulwama, and uh, the security forces used four boys, made them sit in front of the gypsy, mm-hmm. um, in order to control the protest, in order to control the stone pelting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is based, this is a human shield mechanism. The, in last year on April 9th, Farooq Dar of Badgam was tied to an army jeep, as we know and paraded through 10 to 20 villages. They These boys weren't tied or they weren't paraded, but they were made to sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this deserves a lot more media coverage because if this is how they're going to counter this, I think it's a very counterproductive strategy. This doesn't work. This only creates more anger. It's also a violation of human rights. Of course, I understand why should the stone pelters be there. Amit will now tell me that. But uh, that is a different conversation. I definitely don't think this is one method to counter it. So did the- um, I was on my way to Pulwama today to try and cover this uh, story. I spoke to a local there. Mm-hmm. He told me it, ha- it didn't happen in his mohalla. It happened in another one. But he wasn't willing to come with me because he said, uh, I will get into trouble since I'm a local. I also reached out to a local journalist from Pulwama who again told me that he will not be coming with me because it's not safe for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither did the taxi drivers agree to come with me. So I, and then when the government fell, I sort of uh, came back to Srinagar. So I, that's as much as I know as well. Uh, I don't think any Delhi media has covered it. Uh, even local press today, I think they definitely would have covered it because of the developments of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it has sort of been pushed under the rug. I'm not sure if they're going to cover it anymore. There was some coverage in Kashmir Reader from what I understand. Huh. Kashmir Reader and another new website called Kashmir Bala, both of them have covered it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see any coverage of it from Delhi or mm-hmm. national media. So. so, Amit, do you want to respond to Nadi's question? No, I Almost just statement. want to ask her another question, you know. So, uh, apparently you're saying that Taxi Wala was not ready and then the reaction yeah. of journalists there after Sujat Bukhari's murder... So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what is the reaction of the locals there? Have they realized that the pro-Azadi gang is, uh, you know, it's it's not going to take them anywhere? And eventually, even the sane voices or the so-called rational voices in Kashmir are 
getting murdered shot down by these uh, so uh, so far it's been alleged that uh, this was a you know job of a terror outfit so do well, they no realize- terror outfit has claimed it so we can't really say that it has it's a uh, done by them or there is not yet any clear proof or evidence of which group has done it hmm so is so is I there any sentiment that, amongst yes. uh, the locals that you know this uh, whole idea of uh, using violence to mm. achieve your uh, ultimate goal that is azadi is useful because even the voices uh, like sujad bukhari are being murdered by these gangs only allegedly by these gangs again hmm, hmm. Yeah, but we say we'll go into the chicken and egg story. No, I mean it's not this whole thing of them realizing that the pro-war or the thing doesn't work. I think is is a redundant argument and it's a, it's a, it's a stupid argument. Sorry to say, but they, it's not going to stop. It's it's an eye for an eye situation now. No, so like this muscular policy by the state also is in place. As long as the encounters go on, the protests will go on. So where do you, who should realize? What should happen? It's it's too complex. Like that, it's too complex a question. I mean, I, I I as a journalist or even I as someone who's been in Kashmir for a year would stay away from answering that because I don't think I understand it enough to answer that. Okay, so going from that back to the panel, Sumedha, what do you think was underreported yeah. over the last week? On uh, Rohin's lines, um, oh, in June. at least and over the course of the year at least in the in the first 6 months at least there have been a lot of crimes there's a lot of gendered violence that is happening against the transgender or the lesbian couples suicide that just came in which is last week uh today there was a report of a teacher in kolkata who was harassed at her school when she was just applying for a job so i think there is there is another report which has been published by certain lgbt resource groups talking about how gendered violence is happening against the community it is happening again and again and it is being reported in fragmented ways across the media spectrum it is definitely not being picked up by any big media outlet at all and i think the fault lines here within the media's coverage of violence against the lgbtq community remains to be how we understand gendered violence there is a very simplistic understanding of gendered violence in our media which is that it is violence against women and these these issues which are very very important are being overlooked in the bulk of like other stories that we see and they're not considered newsworthy and it points towards the general attitude towards the lgbt community of course but yeah so these were two very very big stories that came in this week and previously as well a lot of stories had come but they were ignored um so i think this is a question that needs to be delved into amit you wanted to speak about something that you thought was sort of pushed under the carpet yes so this news is coming from jharkhand and uh, our very brave and very uh, visionary bharatiya janata party led jharkhand government has done it again now uh, they have they had amended the bill uh, land acquisition bill in 2017 and apparently there are news reports coming out from jharkhand that uh, the president has given his consent to the bill which means it is an act now the amendment is an act now and what it will affect is uh, there's a social uh, there's a, there's a clause in the national land acquisition act which uh, says that the if land is been acquired by any agency social impact uh, assessment has to be done sia has to be done so what happens is uh, sia in in sia a committee is formed 
and then uh, they'll check what amount of land is being uh, taken whether it's uh, fertile land and what should be the compensation and whether land should be acquired or not and mm -hmm. uh, whether the people are ready to give their land or not so this is very Im important uh, this uh, the entire concept of SIA had come out uh, come from a long struggle uh, for land rights in India and uh, doing away with this SIA will enable the government and the corporate houses to uh, snatch the land from the locals, from mm -hmm. the tribals uh, uh, of the land and uh, use state machinery to grab these lands. So, you know, there should be no qualms in saying that this amendment will allow uh, the government as well as the corporate houses to work as land mafias. And, and there was no coverage even in the local media about local this. Local media has covered it, but I think this because Land Acquisition Act uh, and the entire movement around the Land Acquisition Act uh, was covered uh, wall to wall by the national media when it was be when the Modi government tried to amend that act mm. and uh, after that there have been different states who have done it very shrewdly like Rajasthan did it and then Gujarat did it but they were very shrewd in the way of they, they brought in the amendments mm -hmm. in Jharkhand you know the government has not even uh, carried that pretense of uh, trying to play smart mm -hmm. it's it's bizarre the way they have amended it and uh, the BJP president there uh, from the state is saying that you know only people who are against the development of Jharkhand are protesting against it number one number two if the government is so sure that it is pro Jharkhand and pro development why is it not clearing its stand whether the president has given his consent or not because the government is still trying to dodge those questions. It has not gone on record to say that the president has given consent to the uh, amendments. So that is one question. Second question is it's for the you know for the listeners as well as uh, I mean it could you can categorize it as the commentary uh, that our politicians whether it be BJP, Congress, uh, the local parties, the regional parties, or the national parties need to understand that. Uh, tribals or the natives are more than their lands you know it's it's the people a state is not all about land whether it be Kashmir for that matter it's not all about the land it's about the people their sentiments their rights Jharkhand or any tribal state in this country was formed for a purpose to serve uh, the people uh, the natives of the land and by um, bringing such such amendments you are trying to snatch the rights for which uh, the fight has been, uh, uh, there has been long struggles for it. Especially mm -hmm. in case of Jharkhand, the land rights movement started way back in 1855 when the first freedom struggle was carried out. That's that, that's a part which has not been included in the uh, for the history of the rest of the country. But in Jharkhand, if you speak the to anyone... The history sort of justifies yeah. the so importance which even it has been the, getting. Even the Britishers did not uh, dare to um, bring such uh, draconian laws and our government, government which which has been elected by we people are trying to bring such acts to uh, uh, take away the rights of the natives. So this is very dangerous, and you are forcing people to. Uh, you You're know, comparing today's governance. To it's worse. <laughs> yes, I'm saying it's worse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, one thing that caught my eye again, thanks to the hoot, it was, uh, it was related to journalist Sudeep Tata Bhomik's uh, murder in Tripura last year. So, according to a brief in the hoot, and I thought this definitely should have 
made front page news if nothing else and i'll give my reasons for the same so an under trial accused in bhomik's murder apparently has threatened a witness on whose statement the case was hinging i was like it's a big deal so if if we get wall to wall coverage when it is sunanda pushkar's case and a lot of people can say it's an unfair comparison but i'm just saying if a testimony on which the case is hinging and the witness is be- is being threatened there's definite need for some media limelight so as to ensure that the case or the witnesses aren't threatened and the case goes on without it being tampered or without witnesses being so threatened that they don't come on the stand and the case doesn't proceed at all so i think that should have received a lot more coverage and other thing that i wanted to point out was just a tweet i was seeing on social media so as soon as the news broke that the bjp is withdrawing its support from the tdp hashtags like uh, bjp dumps pdp on republic and other channels and social media or bjp disowns pdp and bjp frees from shackles and all they were coming so why not bjp abandons kashmir it did but that is not what the media is telling us media is telling us that bjp is doing a good thing moving away bjp is dumping pdp a section PDP. of media let's not color okay. yes i'll correct that. myself a section of the media there's another tweet by the way uh, from a journalist uh, who is saying वैसे अब तक वैसे अब तक jnu mein bharat ke tukde honge wale nare lagane walon ko bhi nahi dhoond paye hain also there's another tweet by a journalist that caught my eye it was in relation to sujad bakhari's uh, killing so the journalist in uh, on twitter said that when gauri lankesh was killed almost everyone at the condemnation meet at press club in delhi bashed the hindu fascist forces and rightly so but at sujad bakhari's meet no one said a word about pakistan or jihadi terrorists uh indian media is very politically skewed so i was bringing this tweet up because i wanted to get the panel's opinion like do you think it's a fair comparison i uh, i mean i don't exactly agree with the term jihadi but uh, to an extent you know i think yes there should have if if during gauri lankesh's killing there was so much talk about hindu nationalists and hindu is uh, hindutva there should have been a conversation not about religion but about the situation in kashmir which does not exclude uh, religion you know it's a very tricky situation but the fact that they did not have that conversation at all is a bit uh, is a bit bizarre okay um, and that's just what i instinctively feel yeah mm-hmm. amit i don't think uh, there was any need to mention uh, about the religion or the terrorist part because uh, because this if the state government is saying that terrorist war involved hmm. uh it's it's very unusual of hindu fringe groups going out and killing so that's internal matter that's and that's a trend which has uh, which is increasing with time but when it comes to the terror activities in hmm. kashmir uh, it's been there even before we were born what i'm trying to ask is is there but you know that hmm. even then this this sort of this sort of an attack has happened after very long i think 2008 was the last time something like this happened where a journalist was attacked also there has been you know there have been campaigns running against uh, shahid bukhari he, he was um, i mean he had security his life was under threat almost three times there were assassination attempts so it it was a i think it was a necessary conversation to have about why why this happened because a lot of people said that you know he should not have 
there was a campaign that had started against him when he attended the track two meeting mm-hmm. in Dubai. And a lot of people, I think Salahuddin, if I'm right, has issued a statement. I, I This has to be verified, but issued a statement that, uh, you know, they're all Indonesians and they're all paid Indonesians. So they, and there were also small-time newspapers running. I think Scroll has done a report on it where they talk about the campaign. No, I sort of so, um, taking bits from... It was from, a necessary hmm. conversation to have. Correct. Absolutely. And taking a little bit from Amit and from you, I think, like, not going into the labeling but not having that conversation also leaves the room open to so many questions as to why does that happen in this case and why not that so just like calling is it calling out is it correct to call out the elephant in a room that we are sensitive in the narrative we play out when a certain community is involved with regard to journalists here, a lot of them did not also want to acknowledge any of it because they're afraid now if they will come under questioning or, you know, if they will, there will be a closer watch on them. So I, for one, could not, maybe because I'm an outsider also, could not get a lot of people to talk on it. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason maybe why there wasn't that much of a conversation. But if there was press, if the press conference in Delhi, I felt could have had that conversation, you yeah, know, absolutely. about campaigns and uh, things run against journalists and, and how much of an effect uh, that has on their lives, especially if you're living in a conflict area. So, panel, what are your recommendations for the week? Uh, beginning with Sumedha. So, I would recommend this excellent book. It's about, um, it's Brinda Bose's book called Audacity of Pleasure, um, which talks about queer rights, gender politics, and it also talks about legal history of um, for the community. Rohin? Uh, Irfan Khan's letter, which he London from London, a oh, very important hard letter. Hai letter. Aur, matlab, it's on the news laundry, Haan, news laundry website. Hai wo. Uh, Amit? Uh, this time I'm not referring any article, book. Uh, it's a song. Or listeners, we are going to talk about tribals and tribals. We are going to talk about the government and the government. तो कल अगर किसी बड़े मंदिर मस्जिद के नीचे आपको पता चले कि कोयला है या डायमंड है फॉर दैट मैटर तो क्या आप उस मंदिर मस्जिद को तोड़ के माइनिंग करेंगे ये बड़े सवाल हैं इस गाने को सुनिए और महसूस करने की कोशिश कीजिए ट्राइबल राइट्स को और उनके इतिहास को गाना है गांव छोड़ब नहीं सो द होप इज इफ नॉट द मीडिया एटलीस्ट द सॉन्ग विल पोक एट द कॉन्शियंस Okay, uh, my recommendation is watch TV Nuisance. This, the silent film on this episode was epic. I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop laughing at, it was just amazing. It was a very good thing to watch. So that's my recommendation. Watch it. So Nidhi, what's your recommendation? I actually just have uh, four lines that I would like to say. It's from a book, uh, it's from Arunati Roy's Ministry of Utmost Happiness. It's a little words that she puts together. I don't have any other recommendation. I can just say these four lines. Absolutely. Do, uh, Absolutely. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend about everything that was happening in Kashmir and sort of talking to her reminded me of these four lines. It says, Margai Bulbul Kafas me, Kahigai Sayad Te, Apni Sunheri Gand me, Tuthun Tle, Fasle Bahar. I'm not sure if I pronounced all of it right, but essentially it means she died in her cage, the little bird. These birds she left for her captor. Please take the spring harvest and shove it up your gilded arts. So it's from Ministry of Utmost Happiness. It's just these four words. And uh, 
like I said, a conversation with a friend reminded me of this once more about how it just felt this week in Kashmir. Okay. Uh, before we go, I want to point out that we have come from a male-dominated panel in the last podcast to a female-dominated panel in this podcast. So, dear listeners, it is for you to tell us if you spot a difference in the delivery of the podcast. You can to- tweet to any of us or to the NL podcast handle on Twitter. Also, today was Shubham's last day. Just wanted to thank him for all the work he'd put in. So, uh, on that note, we close today's podcast. Okay, Amit wants to do it. Last week, uh, there was a report uh, done by Scroll.in on how the government changed the policy in Jharkhand uh, to benefit Adani uh, Power Plant. Uh, remember, Scroll is an independent news organization. And before that, in 2016, when Adani uh, was trying to acquire land for its power, uh, its power plant in Jharkhand in Godda, News Laundry was the news organization, uh, only news organization, I would uh, like to say, in national media, which went to the ground and covered the entire situation there. So what I wanted to point out is news reports like this will come out only when you support independent news organizations. So subscribe to news laundry or any other new independent news organization that you like to read or uh, recommend yeah so pay to keep news free happy subscribing all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.